0: you <laughs>
2: College Football Podcast. I'm James Anderson joined by Mario Puig. Uh John McKechnie is not with us, but uh we'll definitely be uh doing this one uh with his honor and with with his help. Uh he made some notes for us before leaving uh to deal with some some personal stuff. But uh we're we're gonna get in to the uh Thursday-Friday slate, which which DraftKings put up uh just hours before we're recording here. They uh, they had the, the eastern carolina game the uh, against UCF uh, you know a couple other games uh, air force uh boise i believe and the, yeah. uh, i don't know Are the, which which games stand out to you here mario well uh
3: the ucf defense is something to target normally because they're just a train wreck right now but the same could largely be said of the east carolina offense so that's something that's interesting but difficult to approach uh louisiana monroe texas state is two bad teams but two bad defenses and i actually uh Actually, like the chances of the quarterback for Texas State, Tyler Jones, being a pretty nice play, if only because he runs a lot, and uh, Louisiana Monroe likes to accommodate opposing rushing games. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I mean, it, everyone's going to—I I presume anyway—that pretty much everybody is going to largely target the Cincinnati-South Florida game. Um, some for some good reason, not necessarily all good reason, but uh, I generally—I generally think that South Florida is not quite as good of a team as they might look like for you know, just totally stomping Temple like they did last week, which was very impressive. And I do think they're a legitimate team. Quinton Flowers looks like a, a big hit for them at quarterback. Marlon Max, a solid running back. Rodney Adams is even stepping up at receiver for them. So there's people who can score on that team. Um, I wonder, though, if uh, if Cincinnati's just like a little bit too skilled on offense. Um, I mean, Gunnar Keel even with his benching problems he's he's he seems like a pretty good nfl prospect quarterback they run very up tempo three good running backs um a bunch of good receivers so the best case scenario for everyone targeting that game is for cincinnati to set the tempo by taking an early lead so that usf has to match that pace rather than you know run out the clock like they'd prefer to so uh but yeah quinton flowers the south florida quarterback Seems like he's got to be pretty close to the most played player on the slate at 6,300 with his running skills. Uh, his numbers were deflated in recent weeks because of a hip injury. or Sorry, not hip injury. Um, let me see what it was. Uh, thigh injury sorry anyway he appears to be over it or at least you would think so after putting 90 yards and a touchdown on the ground against temple uh throwing for 230 and two touchdowns so pretty much got to pick flowers i feel like even if you're in a gpp i mean 6300 for his kind of upside against cincinnati's tempo and cincinnati's defense is only you know decent uh, whereas flowers just stomped one of the best defenses in the country last week Uh, but yeah anyway uh otherwise at running back, I mean, everybody wants to get in Jeremy McNichols because he's he's the beast for Boise. Um, catches a lot of passes and PPR. That pays off, obviously. Um, but, yeah, otherwise, at running back, um, I mean, Chris Harrison for ECU is kind of risky because the ECU offense has been so bad, but the matchup screams advantage for him. And, uh, yeah, at receiver – Thomas Spurbeck is expensive at 7,500, but that guy had like 30 targets last week. Yeah, uh, th-
2: I remember John John texted me uh, probably either pre- or mid-whiskey about how he had, <laughs> he had Spurbeck everywhere and still couldn't... I think uh, everybody, wherever
3: John it. was at the time, got free <laughs> drinks because, uh, yeah, Spurbeck had like 30 targets in that game. He caught 20 for 281 yards, no touchdowns, but who cares, 51 points on DraftKings. He's been incredible. Uh, especially since brett Ripon took over he's going to be hard to fade uh, especially since the next most expensive receiver is Shaq washington at 6300 um, there's generally deflated wide receiver prices after that do you,
2: if, if you were to go with one of those cincinnati wide receivers do you like washington at 63 or chris moore at 53 more
3: those guys are i mean shack washington is the one for cash games i feel like because chris moore as great as he is and his his per target numbers his whole career have been awesome uh still for some reason tuberville rotates him out a lot you never know if mikhail mckay is going to show up you don't even know if guys like max morrison or alex chisholm are going to show up if johnny holton's active this week he's been out with injury if he's active that changes things it just sucks trying to guess which one is going to be worth anything in any given week because there's there's no means of forecasting it. The most talented ones are Washington, Moore, and McKay, but who knows what the usage will be for any of them. Um, but yeah, what, as far as like a cash game target, other underneath those guys, I mean, Rodney Adams for South Florida. If if you have any faith in the Cincinnati offense, I feel like you have to love Adams because he's the clear lead receiver in that South Florida offense. He's putting up really good numbers lately in an offense that hasn't had to play with much tempo. Really. Um, if, if Cincinnati takes a lead, then Adams could get you know significantly higher target rate than he normally would. Um, but even if even if South Florida controls that game, I think you have to like him because he's their only real passing game option. And if they do have a lead, it, there's a pretty good chance it had something to do with him. So five thousand for Rodney Adams um, makes a lot of sense to pair him with Quentin Flowers. I, I actually don't even know how you can really build a good lineup without those two.
2: All right. Uh, let's move on to the the early slate on Saturday. Uh, top two games on this slate, from just an over under standpoint, are USC at Oregon uh, Ducks, four point favorites there, and then Western Kentucky, sixteen and a half point favorites on the road against uh, Florida International. Uh, you know, we we are, we always say on the show. It's kind of tough to target Oregon guys. Uh, it seems like there's it's going to be a nice opportunity for some of their better players to get involved, but it's kind of tough to predict who those guys will be. Uh, what do you think about, uh, you know, are you still kind of fading all ducks? And then what do you think about Juju Smith this week and and kind of a a nice matchup in terms of points scored well i
3: think you have to like juju a lot just because he was beasting the last couple weeks and i don't know how you could you know consider this matchup a less favorable one for him than the ones he's seen recently uh as far as the oregon side that's i guess that's a little tougher to figure out i feel like they should be able to run pretty effectively but the usc past defense has been at least adequate this year they've only given up 15 touchdowns in 10 games 62.6 percent of the passes completed is encouraging if you're considering vernon adams or uh, the ducks receivers but um, yeah, Vernon Adams down at seventy nine hundred. I mean, I'm sorry, seventy nine hundred for Vernon Adams when JT Barrett is seventy eight. I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah, um, that
2: that one was kind of confusing to me. That that yeah, that's there.
3: that's a thumbs down, and I don't even need to look, look twice at that one. Um, but otherwise, Royce Freeman at seventy five hundred is the one, two, three, four, five, sixth most expensive running back on the slate, behind the likes of Trevon McMillian and uh, let's see, uh, you know, for that. Oh, sorry, well you.
2: I mean, you're you're about to say that that's a a solid value, but I also sort of have a feeling that you're going to quickly be touting Anthony Wales at seventy three hundred. Am I
3: right? I do I do love Wales. Yeah, uh, that that is a, he is really really good, and I, well, seventy three hundred is not normally a price I like to pay, at least in a slate of this kind of look. Um, he's still not really at a value or at a, at a salary uh, reflective of his real value. I mean, you can't put Leonard Fournette at eighty six hundred whales at 7300 and then you know say it's for any reason other than like trying to differentiate lineups (laughs) because Wales, i would probably take over for net this week yeah i would actually um is a beast i think he's there's a good chance he's better than leon allen certainly more explosive as a pure runner like he's not as big he's not a 230 pounder Um, hasn't shown the pass catching ability that allen had but he's been crazy good on the run um, so yeah, I like him against Florida International. Although the road, the road setting is a little bit of a concern there, I guess, um, just because. I mean it, it's it's easier for things to go wrong on the road and it's easier for Western Kentucky to end up in a catch up situation on the road. But with that said, twenty rushing touchdowns allowed by the Golden Panthers this year. I think Wales is awesome and I think his, his the, the 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 surrounding circumstances are obviously great in that up tempo, highly effective offense. Um but yeah, still seventy five hundred for Royce I, I do kind of like it. I'm trying to find uh the Oregon receivers. Uh Darren Carrington at 5,600 and Braylon Addison at 5,100. I'm going to go Addison like mm-hmm. eight times out of 10 at those respective prices. Even though he had a bad game against Stanford, um, I, I – I, just for personally think that Addison's a really good player and their target their target volumes are too similar for me to go with like a $500 difference
2: now what do you think about Brandon Doty uh, on that Western Kentucky side most expensive quarterback on the slate uh 8800 compared to Deshaun Watson at 87 uh Marquise Williams at 84 uh, I mean, those those are the top three guys probably on this slate at the position. Maybe JT Barrett down at seventy eight. Are are you paying up at all for Doty?
3: I don't think I will. And it's it's I'm it got to keep in mind. I'm I'm for some reason not very good at uh, judging these pass only quarterbacks that well, especially that in that price range. Because every week I'm like, ah, oh, no way am I picking uh, Luke Falk. And uh, like three <laughs> out of those five I've, recent weeks, I've looked like a moron. I have been.
2: Started a single Washington State player all year. Gabe Marks.
3: (laughs) Good to start, Gabe Marks. But, yeah, anyway, uh, 8,800 for a guy who won't give me rushing yards is not something I'm normally going to do. Especially because I feel like Cody Kessler at 7,200. I mean, if Oregon puts up some points in that game, it's easy to imagine him ending up with a similar output. Like, the tempo is the concern because USC Mm -hmm. wants to run the ball a lot lately. Uh, it's not like last year's offense right now but if they end up behind they have no choice and Oregon probably can't stop them so um i guess i, I mean i would i would rather kind of like punt down to Kessler at 7200 um he's been he's had some rough weeks he has uh, i know and like the thing the thing that it would be different though is that i think that Oregon will score more points than USC and Oregon plays faster than the likes of uh, you know, Colorado. Like, yeah, the the thing is he just hasn't really thrown much. The one time Mm -hmm. he did throw a lot, Arizona, it was definitely a dud game. I got burned on that one. Uh, even more so on the cal one before that but yeah i mean you're not exp- you're this is a cash game thing first of sure. all like cody kessler i don't think can give you the return you need in tournaments um but yeah otherwise like i like brad Kay at 6400 not to go totally off course but yeah i'm not inclined to chase Doty, um although he should do you know spectacularly well for you i'm just kind of trying to save that money sure um but yeah on the other side in this game actually uh Alex gardner is this guy hurt or something what am i missing here um okay maybe he did get hurt last week <laughs> (laughs) because i just don't understand how he's that low uh he catches so many passes in that stupid offense and the florida international offense is nothing if not wacky like all of their passing targets go to tight ends and alex gardner for some reason uh we don't have a yeah i mean we don't have a note on him being hurt yeah i'm I'm doing i'm doing an internet search right now on the the internet i'm searching (laughs) and uh i what do you have for us internet (laughs) what does the internet say uh i think i don't know i i i I mean i'm not Finding anything about injury, first of all, and I think it might have just been that the Marshall defense, which is very good, uh, right. just kind of stomped them. He
2: had been at 20 plus points in, in yeah. three
3: previous weeks. And there. I mean, look at this. He's got, in home games, he's averaging 21 DraftKings points per game. And on the season, he's averaging, let's see, over four catches per game. So I don't know. That. That, 47 that's,
2: that's pretty nice
3: yeah that's a lot of catches at 4700 so uh actually check back later in the week at rotowire to see if there's some kind of injury thing with him because that is a little fishy in a school like florida international will escape media attention on that kind of thing uh, so, we'll do our best to scan Twitter and harass all of the beat writers, even loosely affiliated with the state of Florida, until someone tells us something. Um, but, yeah, otherwise, 4,700 for Gardner. I, I really have a lot of trouble passing that up. And while we're at it, I got to check what Thomas Owens is at. Thomas Owens is 4,000, dude. What is this? Like, he. what is the meaning of this did he miss last (laughs) week or something i i I mean sorry i don't actually keep up with florida
2: international i gotta figure this out well Um, if you want to go back yeah if you want to do check Rotowire. okay he
3: got shut out at marshall last week like the whole offense they got blanked 52 to nothing okay but here's the thing thomas owens has a lot of catches this year 49 and if you remove that one you know complete wreck of a game against marshall that's 49 in uh 10 games he had a couple huge games so i'm inclined to to chase that at least in gpps but yeah i don't know we'll see but uh gardner and owens both i think are very very like you, you got to really consider them in gpps at the very least
2: all right um otherwise Taywan yeah, I mean, I
3: mean, taylor always the greatest <laughs> 6200 for Taywan taylor wow you got to do that sorry that's okay i'm done now jared dangerfield is also if you want that western kentucky passing game just take those two receivers they're really really cheap you can catch the Doty people that way Done. It makes sense.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh yeah, I mean so that that should almost fill out an entire lineup for you there just based yeah, on those just two pick games. that whole stupid game. Um we'll we'll hit a speaking of stupid games, here's a stupid game. Uh Indiana, Maryland. Oh, stupid. Here um, we go. Maryland two and a half point favorites. Over under sixty four. That might be the biggest over under in a Big Ten game this year, uh, and that's this decade even. Because, yeah. yeah, it's because these two teams are so great, right? Nate um, Sudfeld is fifty one hundred. Man, that is
3: cheap. Yeah. He has sixteen touchdowns on the year in nine games. He's fifty one hundred. That's like the same price he was against Michigan and Iowa. Like that. Nah. That, that. That's. I. I'm picking Sudfeld. That's I, it. <laughs> are you willing to pay up? eight grand on jordan howard i might be able to and i'm certainly interested if right. sudfeld's that cheap 35 but.
2: carries last week we talked on the show like uh and i think we were the our process was you right humbly because i you know <laughs> we were talking about you know he, he ran all over iowa you know great iowa defense seven seven point nine a carry against iowa you know we we're talking about is it, could he do the same against michigan uh You humbly asked, is it possible, guys? And me and John were like, no! Wiser (laughs) minds than me, uh speculated on this podcast last week that he would not do that against michigan instead he just got 35 carries 238 he improved yards. by
3: a billion points yes uh, um, so
2: yeah i mean he's he's basically matchup proof and this is an awfully nice matchup yeah i almost
3: do worry about like this being a similar trajectory to saquon barkley when he took on maryland a couple weeks ago and just like stomped ohio state the week before and then he gets to maryland's is, impenetrable defense and they they somehow you shut do, down.
2: I, I do hate uh, rolling with running backs coming off of a week where they carry the ball that much.
3: Yeah, know? that's so a that's a good point. I mean, I'm I'm interested at eight thousand with some of these other bargains on the slate. I'm very interested. I think I'm more inclined to go with a guy like Wales, but sure. I mean, we'll see once uh, once now, we get a look at it. But if if Sutfeld's that cheap, then the, oh man, this is crazy. This is the softest cap we've seen on DraftKings yeah. by far all year. Not you want to get on this.
2: You want to get on this uh, early slate. Ricky Just Jones four
3: thousand. Simi Cobb's thirty seven hundred. Both of them. Are in play fully? Yeah, you know, so if if Thomas Owens in that last game, he's like the GPP component to what Ricky Jones is for cash games. Like Ricky Jones at four thousand, a guy with uh, even in the last two weeks playing against Michigan and Iowa, he has eight catches. So like I, I'm going after that. It's
2: great that you brought those guys up because John actually made notes on both those guys. Uh, so I mean, yeah, uh, Ricky Jones, City great plays if you're trying to save a little cash in that game you can probably i mean you should be able to get some legit studs in your lineup system. this, this is
3: such a soft cap i can't believe it it's a pleasant it's a pleasant uh I mean, change it, i think it's it's been pretty tough all year to fit like i've been i've been filling my lineup with alvin kamara like every single week
2: <laughs> you <laughs> really i mean you really could go like Doty and watson or watson and williams or or, or something like that at the top uh, just given, man, i'm going barrett bargains.
3: sudfeld and i'm just feasting <laughs> at running back and receiver
2: get get you you in there. Yeah, we'll um, so next game, North Carolina, six and a half point favorites at Virginia Tech. Uh, over under there is 61 and a half. Uh, you know, I mentioned Keith Williams quickly. Uh, he's 8,400. Uh, Trevon McMillian, 7,600. Isaiah Ford, 4,800. Elijah Hood, 6,500. See anything there you like?
3: I don't think I like anything in this game except maybe Isaiah Ford at 4,800 for a cash game type consideration. Uh, uh, Virginia Tech has no receiver depth, so it's Ford and uh, Cam Phillips play like literally almost every snap. Um, So there's target stability there, but probably not much ceiling against the North Carolina pass defense. That's pretty good this year. Um, But yeah, I mean, I like Trevon McMillian and Elijah Hood both, um, but their prices do not appeal to me, at least with some of the other options we've already mentioned on
2: this slate. All right. Uh, this is kind of a weird game. Uh, Arizona at Arizona State, there's no line on this game. Uh, John made a note that both of these teams are in the bottom 20 in passing yards uh, per game. So, I mean, the, there's... Why is there not a line on that? I, I don't know. Um, huh. I just going to ask you. I guess you. it's
3: got to be like um, Nick Wilson related because, like, he played last week uh, while being questionable with his foot injury. He had six carries. Yeah, Nick um, Wilson's
2: questionable. So. Yeah, so
3: he left in the middle of that. That has to be it.
2: Um, he's, but that's a total. He's
3: he, when they have Nick Wilson, they're totally different. Without him, it's like a new Solomon versus you know the whole defense, and that's not something a new Solomon usually wins. So,
2: are you kind of
3: avoiding this game? If Nick, uh, even if Nick Wilson plays, fifty three hundred is very tempting, but that recurrence of injury is too real of a possibility. I think. If oh man, a new Solomon's also hurt okay that's it so yeah that's why he had a head injury last week so if if Solomon is out Gerard Randall's already priced at 6,000 I don't see much edge opportunity there so I'll probably skip that Uh, yeah all the receivers are tough to call in this Mm -hmm. game like for some reason they started throwing the ball a lot to DJ Foster the last couple weeks even though Tim White looks like their best receiver in my opinion Uh, but my opinion doesn't count as much as Todd Graham so uh, the 4,400 is only a bargain if they actually give him the ball which there's not much reason to assume they will Uh, there's some GPP opportunities in this game like Randall can obviously run and these receivers can go off I'm just not inclined to really chase that kind of thing usually
2: so another game with no line uh, for obvious reasons Houston at UConn Greg Ward is the guy in question here uh (laughs) you know it it says that he was able to practice tuesday but still undecided whether or not he'll play how i mean how are you kind of viewing this game are you you really doing anything with it regardless of whether he plays or not
3: i don't know man uh tom herman the coach for cincinnati will not or cincinnati houston will not give us any hint about what's going on like he had this ridiculous stance all off season like we don't have a starting quarterback greg ward's competing against adam schultz adam schultz is this former walk-on at utah who transferred from utah after not getting any quarterback scholarships offers in his home state of wisconsin and uh so yeah i think of him as like a lesser joel stave and uh tom herman was like yeah yeah, he might start he's gonna greg ward i don't even who's that and um anyway so we're not gonna find out if Postma, if there is you know if 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 if, if divinity intervenes <laughs> and we do know that one of the two is starting that changes things especially if it's postma though because if it's 6300 for the guy who just you know put up 236 yards in a touchdown yeah, and then 49 in touchdown against memphis super high stakes scenario there um I, I i gotta go after that at least like a little bit right. 6300 that's really affordable for someone who could be like you know 80 percent of greg ward and
2: and Unfortunately it's a 230 game so it, it will if you do kind of wait around and t- to try to find news around kickoff it will impact uh, what you can do uh, elsewhere in your lineup. but
3: I'll have can... to consider Keel Newsom the Connecticut running back at least for GPPs because he gets the ball a lot. And uh, 4900, including uh, sorry, excuse me, including targets. So uh, he catches the ball a lot. The PPR can offset the bad efficiency that he might have on the ground. But yeah, being at home, if Greg Ward is out, I think you have to bump him up a little bit too. But yeah, that's a GPP thing to consider at least. As far as the receivers, I'm probably not going to go there.
2: All right, uh, Memphis one and a half point favorites at Temple over well, under 60 and a half. Anything you anything you see here?
3: I'm uh, just pulling up the numbers now, but out, uh, as a ahead of time thing, I'm not guessing I'll like this one. Right? Very I mean, much.
2: Temple Temple a, de- a team that you know we would assume has a good defense, and then last week, I mean, it, it's. I think their
3: defense that. is legitimate. I think they got caught looking ahead a week, like they they were looking forward to the Memphis game and forgot that South Florida is still good in the meantime. Um, I yeah, with Jihad Thomas being banged up uh or sorry no he's he's fine my bad um but uh yeah anthony miller actually the memphis receiver left last week's game against houston with something i gotta find out what that was about um yeah there's there's it's just the usage is hard to predict with these two teams and with temple Mm -hmm. there never is that much uh aside from jihad thomas and then on the memphis side it's like they go six deep at receiver and it's impossible to know which one might go off so i'm going to fade that whole game i think
2: all right Uh, UCLA at Utah, the Utes, uh, two point favorites here, over under 58. You got Rosen at 6,800, Paul Perkins, 6,600, Devontae Booker, 8,200 and obviously some other guys but any of the the top guys stand out there do you see any any values at all
3: 6600 for paul perkins is so tempting um it's a bad matchup for sure and he's been losing carries which is a bit of a concern uh, to, to his backups like soso jamobo two weeks ago and nate starks last week um i tend to think perkins as is, is, i tend to think as perkins as um kind of like a matchup proof kind of guy so mm-hmm. if 6600 is available and i'm still looking for a running back slot i might consider that the quarterbacks i won't consider um jordan payton at 5700 is probably going to tempt some people i'm going to fade him i think his uh, box score from last week 14 catches for 152 yards I think that was uh, pretty significantly enhanced by Thomas Duarte's battle with the flu bug. I think Duarte is the better player, and I think their usage in the games leading up to the last one imply that they view him as such. So I might consider Duarte at fifty two hundred, like at least for a GPP or two, but otherwise I'm not interested.
2: All right, uh, John, surprisingly or maybe unsurprisingly, uh, made four notes on this game, Purdue at Iowa, which I, I will probably ban from the, the TVs in the office on Saturday. But <laughs> Was not much little Yancey one of them? No. Oh, uh, wow. He, he <laughs> got Iowa Iowa 22-point favorites in this one, 57.5 over-under. John John made a note of pointing out that LaShawn Daniels is 5,400, Jordan Canceri, 5,200, Akram Wadley, 3,900, Markel Jones, 4,200, uh I, I mean I, I you obviously like the matchup against Purdue, but, but where are you going there if if anywhere?
3: Well um he it was it was actually like he mentioned in the office, uh the the, the senior day for Iowa at home means Jordan Canceri has to get a bunch of uh tribute in this one <laughs> uh they have they have to give Kanseri what it, what he is due yeah, by we've
2: got to give you got to give your by rights <laughs> he
3: he is owed 25 carries against the stupid boiler makers who suck and um anyway like yeah 5200 is at least something to consider in gpps i probably won't approach this in cash games but i got to get J- jordan canceri in a gpp lineup or two because uh if they do give this a rest day to lashon daniels and wadley Canceri could really feast. And what's kind of funny is it's like they can afford to give him an unreasonably big workload in this game because of the depth provided by Daniels and Wadley. If Canceri gets hurt, it's like, oh well, we got these other two for the bowl game. And we if he doesn't it, get hurt, it's like wow, look at look at how charitable charitable we are to our hardworking seniors. Um so yeah, that Canceri is something to think about. Maybe you think a little bit about Matt Vandenberg at forty one hundred, uh, just because he gets a lot of targets, but he's not very good. So I'm not going to pick him. He is not very good, and he's I re- really not. Good. I
2: remember starting him one week. Uh, he gets, he gets like twelve was, targets a, a game
3: goal. in that stupid offense, but he's just
2: bad. I the tough know. thing about if you if you roll with any of these guys, that means you're going to have to pay just a little bit of attention to that game. So uh, that would be the the major <laughs> that's the dive, real cost, downside. not their drafting salary. <laughs> uh, Georgia Tech, one-point favorites at Miami. You said you liked uh, Brad Kea at at 6,400. Uh, any Anything else here? Justin Thomas, 6,200. I, I don't know if there's anything else. I'll
3: really think a little here. bit about making room for Joseph Yerby at 6,100 just because the Georgia Tech run defense hasn't been good the last couple of years. Stacey Coley is a little bit interesting at receiver, but he's 5,100, and then like immediately beneath him there's Michael Thomas at 5,000, who I would definitely prefer. So um, it's, it's one of those picks where it's like I cannot argue against it, but I'm not going to make it. Do you want to talk about LSU Ole Miss at all? Um. Actually, one last thing. Uh, if you if you want like a GPP cheap receiver, Ricky June at thirty eight hundred for Georgia Tech is kind of interesting because he gets like all their passing game targets, like all seven of them, and uh, because he's a tall receiver who runs in a straight line, sometimes those are big plays. Um. Sorry, James. Well, you said something.
2: L- LSU at Old Miss. Um, oh, right. Nothing really that stands out to me. Old Miss four and a half point favorites over under there is fifty six. Well, I,
3: I will say quickly the LSU receivers, both Malachi Dupre and Trayvon Dural. Devo- are quite cheap, 4300 for Dupre, $3,900 for Dural. Um They're great downfield threats, and Mississippi's been getting burned a lot through the air. Uh, I think it's worth considering those two, especially because they're so cheap. I, I, I think at the very least... Um, Actually, I, I kind of like them for GPP and cash both. If only because it's mm-hmm. like if your thirty nine hundred receiver doesn't do much for you, it's like oh, well he's thirty nine hundred. Uh, but yeah, GPP more so they're better fits, and it's uh, it, it'll be interesting just in general to see if LSU takes a more aggressive approach with less miles. Apparently, all of a sudden being in danger of losing his job. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't care about this game. Leonard Fournette at 8600 I do not care about.
2: I don't care about that game uh, at all. Uh, a game that uh, I probably will end up watching a, a bit of is the, um, the... Oh, sorry.
3: Brandon Harris is 4900 which is like a backup price. So if you got a GPP and you're you're paid a lot at running back receiver, maybe that's something to uh, consider inflicting upon yourself. I don't
2: know. Can consider it. Uh, Michigan State at Ohio State. Uh, it's you know buckeyes 13 and a half point favorites 53 over under there we talked about barrett being a pretty strong play given the price uh
3: this could be a wreck of a game actually if connor cook is not able to play at an effective level and he d- could not do that last week so um i did say jt barrett i'm for sure going at and i think i still feel that way regardless because i don't think I, I don't think the Buckeyes are going to like put in their backups in the second quarter if they're up thirty-five to nothing or something. So right. uh, I think I think they want style points. I think JT Barrett wants
2: style points. So the, um, the thing they need to realize is they just need to win out because they they're like one of those schools where the the selection committee is just not gonna. Remove that's them. true. Like they, they don't need style points the same way that a team like you know <sighs> Iowa might need them or <sighs> you know. You're whatever. screwing up
3: my whole template here. Um, no, you're right. Um, it's 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 a it is a potential blowout at, or at least it's a game that might be sluggish because the Michigan State like offense it, it poses threat. It could be no like threat. 24
2: to 10 or something. It like could that. be. Yeah. Um,
3: that's that's a good point actually. Man, that sucks. I really wanted to pick J T Barrett. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. If if I'm not picking Barrett and michael thomas i'm not going at this game
2: all right uh wake at clemson clemson 29 point favorites over there 48 this is interesting actually uh I, wayne
3: gallman was called questionable i believe a couple days ago and it, it looks like clemson basically might do a thing where they just give rest days to the nice. to the their, you know <laughs> running back at least i don't i haven't heard of i haven't read or heard of such a thing with deshaun watson but gallman uh, let's see where he's at. He's priced pretty low, 67. As he has been, all year. So does um, that mean... Oh, okay. So here's, here's, here's what the news is. Dabo Swinney said he does not expect Gallman to play against Wake Forest unless he's 100% healthy. So uh if Gallman is a hundred percent healthy i guess everything is off but if zach he, brooks isn't. is
2: three thousand right zach brooks <laughs> is the
3: thing here uh because it's another senior day thing and he's a senior he's not very really he might be okay i don't know but he hasn't played <laughs> very much at clemson it would be it would be nice it would be awfully sweet if Dabo to give zach brooks like 40 carries in this game for sure. three thousand prize. It'd be it'd make him so much more popular among the DFS uh, sphere, um, but yeah. So three thousand for Zach Brooks. I think you're going to see a lot of people going after that, even if Gallman is playing because they might pull him pretty or, early. And
2: the, yeah, I mean the line. Even if this was just you know. Um, independent of of Gallman. I mean the line suggests that the the backup running back might get some looks here.
3: Yeah. In and uh, anyway, emerging star Deion Kane is only forty five hundred, and he's just he's going to be a star next year, and he might even be a star in the last you know in, in the playoffs this year.
2: Even Dion Kane couldn't save me in some of my contests last week, but I mean definitely a, definitely a guy that uh, was fun to play. Uh, yeah. To get involved with. Otherwise, that game is like. I don't know. Um, this is a game that I I don't want to watch at all, but uh, I'll make note of a, a couple of guys John mentioned. Uh, Michigan at Penn State, Jehu Chesson 4,300, Chris Goodwin 4,700, Saquon Barkley 7,100, any of those guys.
3: Uh, like Chesson was amazing last week, and he's been good for a few weeks now, but I don't like his chances with the bullseye on him against the Penn State defense. Um, I'm not going after that game.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Northwestern at Wisconsin. Wisconsin, 10-foot favorites over under 40. Is... And we'll move to the late Saturday. So. Uh, actually,
3: uh, Wisconsin's expected to be without Corey Clements. So, uh, dary 's 4,600. Bad matchup, obviously, but... Dare could catch like seven passes because Stave can't throw it anywhere and uh, they're at home, so if Clayton Thorson might give them like nine turnovers and a couple red zone carries for
2: Dare as a result if, if we had like a drive time morning radio producer, this is where the, the vomit sound effect would be getting um, some heavy play right now. Uh, uh,
3: vomit and bike horn.
2: That, that's um, that's, that's uh, uh, Yeah, Taiwan
3: Deal is playing again, so maybe that's the concern with dari but he had nine carries last week compared to 19 for dare dare is a passing down guy deal is not i don't, I don't know i um, i'm not gonna go after this game with any just enthusiasm. don't go
2: after it so that we don't have to have it on any of the tvs close to us how about that yeah i don't want to watch it so All right,
3: we'll cool. pretend it never happened
2: uh, let's go to the late saturday slate here a uh, couple pretty big games uh to, to kick things off obviously in the big 12 which is the funnest conference for for dfs uh, Baylor at Oklahoma State. The line on that one is a pick'em, so you know no favorite there. Over/under is seventy-eight. Uh, you got Corey Coleman at seventy-six hundred, which seems absurd given where where his price was just two or three weeks ago. Uh, Jarrett Stidham seventy-one hundred. Shaq Linwood sixty-seven hundred. Mason Rudolph sixty-six hundred. Uh, James Washington 6,300 and then you know a bevy of other guys below them where how, how do you see this game kind of shaking out are you willing to just trust in Coleman's ability and buy in at the reduced price or do you think that there actually might be uh kind of an issue with with the Baylor passing attack right now
3: I'm a little spooked by it if only because Stidham was kind of roughed up last week um in the sense that he was actually a bit hurt uh he's he's fine and he's gonna play but i do worry about the general proposition of a true freshman going on the road with a sore back uh, regardless of who his receivers and offensive coordinator are so i'm i'm a little worried about stidham and as as a result i'm a little worried about coleman i don't think i'm going to be picking coleman if i I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know that I like anything about the Baylor passing game. And then at running back, I mean, Shock Linwood 6,700 for a guy who, and I know this because I had him last week <laughs> in a lot of places, who can lose three rushing touchdowns to Devin Chafin or something. That was uh, that, that was absolutely sucked.
2: horrible. That I, sucked. I and remember, he lost a fumble
3: and yeah. Art Briles. You deserve that, my man. Nice work. Uh, yeah, well, I give it to Shock. He's only been just, like, stomping everybody. It makes sense to take Shock off the field because he's not uh, 250. 50 pounds or whatever that was awful
2: i mean that was, was that was just brutal
3: it's and one of those it's one of those rare intersections of actual reasonability and the desires of dfs degenerates like all getting indignant about where's jock linwood it's like <laughs> He's not fumbling. How's that?
2: And I didn't yeah. have Shaq Linwood anywhere, and I was still kind of up in arms about it. Just, just <laughs> this, out of principle. This like, is, this, just is like, just, this is a
3: humanitarian what, rights violation. On? Yeah, uh, um, human, human rights, whatever. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of a little ill on Baylor right now. I don't think okay I have the state? guts to go back there. Um, none of their running backs because they don't actually have any. James Washington <laughs> at 6,300 is a little bit interesting to me. I, I faded him last last week because everybody was right. chasing those points that were I mean I don't know what people were those thinking about that points. maybe he'll average 35 yards a catch forever and catch every pass that's thrown to him forever but this is a setting where he actually has a good chance to uh outperform his price I think 6300 is a lot for a guy who is kind of hit or miss and doesn't not get targeted regularly I mean it could be glidden or Adamen who step up in his place in any given week. But 6,300, I mean, that's pretty cheap for someone in a, in a game that's going to have some tempo to it like this and is just high stakes, big 12 uh, setting that off in results in shootouts. Um, but, yeah, generally I don't think I'm going to go at this game very much.
2: All right, uh, another big game. There's no line on this one, but I assume if there was a line, it would be right up around the line on the Baylor. Okay, state game, TCU. At Oklahoma, obviously there's no line because Trayvon Boykin's status is up in the air, Josh Doxson's status is up in the air. Uh, do you have any updates on either of those guys, any any feeling one way or the other? And then what do you think about the... I mean, obviously there's a ton of interesting plays on the Oklahoma side.
3: Um, so th- it looks like if Trayvon Boykin is able to practice on th- tomorrow, Thursday then patterson gary patterson for those who uh know him as gary he uh he said that he would play probably but i don't know what to make of that especially when josh doxson's wrist isn't right um he would have had more than a 12 yard catch last week if his wrist was okay so i don't know it's it's honestly this looks like a disaster for tcu to me i don't think it's going to go well and would you load up on sooners at all I don't think I would because it's hard to it's really hard for me to envision how the script will go with this game like well, I, I can't imagine I can as I as I, I am able to imagine <laughs> that uh, you know oh you just stomps them and Samaj gets like you know three touchdowns in the first three quarters, so sixty eight hundred perinas in play fifty two hundred Joe like in play sixty
2: seven sterling has to be a little bit in play.
3: it is, but like the t c u defense is pretty decent, and i I'm really worried that they won't need to throw much at all. And uh,
2: I might have to call up uh, Sterling and tell him that you don't think he's matchup proof because that's what like I what, what I
3: don't think say what I don't think Sterling is capable of is calling the plays of the <laughs> Oklahoma offense. I
2: actually think he is capable of that. He won't be given the opportunity to, but he'd probably do. Uh, he, a, he needs a, to learn
3: a, how to hack a headset or a something. Solid job of that. Yeah.
2: Um, I mean, just looking at the okay, looking at the wide receivers on that slate, uh, Coleman not in on Doxson, obviously not in on. You, you like Marks, 69, Karis Garrett, 68, because uh, Shepard's 67, and then you got Will Fuller, 63, James Washington, 63, uh, Dom Williams, Nelson Spruce. I mean, out of that whole kind of list of, like, high-end guys, Sterling's kind of the one that I'd, I'd be looking at, but uh, that that's probably because I don't have any experience well, starting well,
3: game. we'll marks. see. Uh, I know, for instance, with 1,000% certainty, Fred Ross will be in my lineup for Mississippi State. He's only 4,600. He should be like 7,600. But yeah, anyway, Fred Ross, I'm going with. As far as someone in in range of Shepard's salary, it's true. I do prefer him over Kiaris Garrett at 100 more. I don't know how I feel about Gabe Marks. He's 200 more. that he, Marks is in play for me. I always like Gabe Marks. Um, but will, Fur- will Fuller at 6,300 is actually very, very interesting to me because I don't know that I believe Notre Dame will be able to run against Boston College. And so if they need to throw it a little bit, um, that would be the exact reversal of last week's script where they just like, haha, ha, we don't need to throw it. So. Would
2: I be completely. Dude, ins- 2.1 yards per carry is what Boston College is allowing. I'm sorry, so, you can speak again. Would I be completely insane to pick Boston College in the upset in that game? Because um, I. I, I kind of tempted to say that that's that's where Notre Dame's dreams. You are ever heard of down, uh, John Fadula? <laughs>
3: um, I haven't until just now, but apparently he's <laughs> starting at quarterback for them, and he threw three interceptions last week.
2: Hey man, they're they're gonna be ready to play. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Anyways, a, <laughs> so so yeah, I mean Shepherd. I think Shepherd should be in play, but I, I he would, is he is. We're he gonna is, get I'm to sorry. some we're he, gonna get some running backs
3: too, and that actually might be he's in play. I'm just I'm just not sure whether I want to categorize him as
2: cash or tournament play. Um, you know, we're, we're gonna move down the the sheet in, in a minute here, but just looking at some of these running backs, this actually might be a better use if you're gonna really pay up for a, a running back or wide receiver. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, 8,600 at uh, at home against Cal. And then Tyler Irvin on the road against Hawaii, 8,400. Donald Pumphrey. On the road against UNLV, seventy nine hundred. I actually kind of like Pumphrey the most there, but uh, yeah, I mean,
3: that's that's a lot to pay for. But uh Pumphrey at seventy nine hundred is the best combination of high upside and affordability. I'm guessing he's a little lower because he's on the road, but I'm not worried about UNLV's run defense really. Nor nor should you be. um But yeah, after I mean uh, uh, Sony Michael at seventy three hundred, very tough to pass on also, right? Because right. uh, Georgia Southern is one of those weird matchups where they cannot stop Sony Michael or at least, Michelle, I, I, I just am going to assume they can't do that. And yet uh, they might put just enough
2: heat on the Bulldogs to give them reason to really feed Michael all game. The Bulldogs have been taking a little heat from pretty much all comers this year, so it wouldn't surprise me it if this game... kind of suck. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Mark close. Rick
3: doesn't know what to do about it. Right. So yeah, um, give it to your best player and close your eyes, man. So
2: uh, another guy that... I'm at least going to be pretty tempted by it just because I've seen Tulsa play defense. Uh, Navy twelve-point favorites on the road against Tulsa. Whoa! That oh, means
3: Keenan Reynolds is on the slate. Sorry, that, that, I, that is what that means. Oh man, I went sorry. Eighty-one 8, 8,
2: hundred. Mario's got to got to clean himself up there. Um, Eighty-one hundred for for Keenan Reynolds against Tulsa. So, you know, sixty-eight points over under there. Navy twelve-point favorites. Uh, tell me what. Uh, doesn't add up here about starting Keenan Reynolds for well
3: manager. you do worry like if if Tulsa just you know takes a nap during that game and lets Chris Swain run for all the yardage there uh it's not like it's. <laughs> they I mean they've
2: been taking a lot of naps this year
3: they've they've been known to take naps <laughs> and uh, they take naps Dane, sometimes on off Dane yeah. Evans looks like a man who takes naps <laughs> and uh but yeah Navy's Navy's what yeah they're giving they're giving up only four or 18.4 points per game they're going to go to a nice bowl game. They have reason to save Keenan Reynolds for next week on the road against Houston. You do worry a little bit about looking ahead, especially if Tulsa can't pose a real threat. So, mm-hmm. as awesome as he is and as good as the matchup is in terms of, you know, yardage and points allowed, I don't think I'll pursue Reynolds outside of GPPs or at least that, that's the initial guess. Let me I, I haven't actually put together a whole lineup and as I look above, I'm not really interested in any of those quarterbacks anyway um so the guys below yeah this is this is a sketchy slate like Dak the man always 8,000 I'm going for Dak over Keenan Reynolds I can clear that up um but otherwise like this is kind of a bleak slate like I guess I'm gonna drop all the what way to Mason about, Rudolph or Kenny Potter
2: what do you think about uh Brandon Allen at 5,300 uh oh, at man. home against uh Mississippi State
3: I do like that um yeah i like that he's uh he's playing really well this year which i was not expecting he used to be so so bad um but yeah he's doing really well he's got three different receivers playing really well right now even though they've got a bunch of injuries on that offense there's they got some people stepping up at receiver uh yeah and and, and it's not like Dak isn't going to score on them so they're, yeah. they're going to need to throw maybe just eventually. maybe
2: just roll both qbs in that game and then just we can put it on one of the big tvs that's
3: yeah. definitely true although uh, actually they're all the all my favorite targets at quarterback on this slate are bargain guys. Like aside from Dak, um, Keenan Reynolds, I'm gonna. am I'm, he's only GPP for me. Um, great as he is, but Dak eight thousand. I need to build with that. Um, Stidham at seventy one hundred is in play. I'm sorry right. that I didn't realize just how low yeah, the they, price he yeah. is.
2: What about Hogan at seventy three? I'm at
3: not Ho- playing Hogan over Stidham just won't do it but yeah Yeah, mason rudolph at 6600 is interesting even with the Uh stupid rotation they have like that's pretty cheap but more so i'm interested in tanner lee against smu and kenny potter against hawaii uh kenny potter just ran for three touchdowns uh recently or no he didn't Um, he threw for three touchdowns last week ran for 116 yards against nevada on the road nevada's defense is kind of okay by mountain west standards uh whereas hawaii's is still just the worst thing that's ever happened by any standards um and tanner (laughs) tanner lee is he's like not that good but uh playing against smu there's a good chance for a decent tempo in that game and uh he's been returning from injury had a rough game against army and connecticut but uh before that he showed some promise like he had a decent i don't know Anyway, he's playing against SMU. I take it all back. Tanner Lee sucks. I'm going to (laughs) pick Kenny Potter and Dak are probably my quarterbacks on this one, at least in the cash uh, version.
2: I will go uh, Brandon Allen and and Dak. I think. Sorry. I forgot.
3: I forgot about Allen. He's going to be my third wheel in this.
2: Yeah. Always got to have a third wheel. Um, yeah, yeah. especially if you're a degenerate, you need to have, uh, multiple quarterbacks to justify a yeah, few extra was. lineups. Alvin um, Kamara is more expensive than
3: Trey Carson. What did Trey Carson do to everybody? He's always priced at like 4,700, no matter like who em. he's playing against. I don't like and we them. got Alvin Kamara getting like <laughs> six carries a game and he gets like an 1800 price jump just cause he's got a couple touchdowns last week. Um, yeah, so sorry, just, just to go a little deeper at running back. Um proceeds for for Notre Dame is back in practice I guess we can presume he will play as a result um 6800 is interesting but like I said that matchup is brutal I'd rather go with Perrine out of that like Alex Collins Alex Collins actually is 6900 that's pretty interesting because I don't I don't think I actually don't really have much faith in the Mississippi State defense I think they've had a lot of bad offenses they've played against so far and uh let's see they're allowing 4.2 yards per carry that's that's actually pretty interesting. Alex Collins is someone to very seriously consider building around. I actually like the the Collins stack there, just because we agree Dak is you know transcendent and shall score. And
2: uh, I'm also I'm actually. Uh just gonna, I'm just gonna find a way to get Joe Mixon in, even though it may not be advised. Uh, <laughs> price to drop down. He to likes Joe Mixon. Uh, that I mean, if they ru- if they run it up on, if they're like up two or three touchdowns on TCU, I have a feeling that Mixon will be involved. a little I've, bit. There. I've
3: decided that uh, I'm going with Alex Collins quite a bit, and at 5300, especially with my completely baseless theory that <laughs> Navy might look ahead a week, I like Chris Swain a lot at 5300. Um,
2: yeah, that that is a that's a good call because like, Tulsa's it, bad. It's basically either Swain goes off or Reynolds goes off, and if you just have Swain in like you know forty percent of your lineups or something like that, you're kind of covered. Right. Um,
3: there will be a lot of people chasing Ramadi Warren, the Tulsa running back at forty eight hundred. He has five touchdowns in the last two weeks. He's been playing very well all year, and to be fair, he looks like he's actually good. Uh, the Navy defense, however, is quite tough, and I'm not confident in Dane Evans not just like tanking that offense in this game. So I'm not. I I might get some more in in a GPP setting, but I I also could totally fade him. And what is going on with Ralph Webb down here? Why is he? Did he get deported? Because he's forty-four hundred <laughs> and he's going against Texas A&M. He's at home, Texas. That's ridiculous, man. Something happened that was not supposed to here because
2: Did someone like hacked the DraftKings prices. I, or I, something I like think. That? What's going on? I
3: think there was a, a, an exceptionally fat finger in charge of the Ralph Webb salary <laughs> and it just botched it. Forty-four uh, hundred for Ralph Webb. Like, what? Seriously, what is going on? I have to do an internet. I have to do. Well, I have to consult the internet. And I do want
2: to. I do want to point out with that game. Um, um, the over/under is forty and a half. Texas A&M seven point favorites. I don't think I ever thought a Texas A&M over/under would be as low as forty and a half. Like that's that's well, a bad so Big
3: Ten line. Th- there's so much quarterback controversy. The Vanderbilt defense is actually good. Kyler Murray, we there's like a quarterback competition opened up between Murray and I don't, is it Allen. I, I don't their their recruiting scheme was so stupid. Um, yeah. Anyway, so we don't know what's going on at quarterback with A&M. And if you saw Murray. Uh, the last time he played, you're not ha- you're not having high hopes for how he does against Vanderbilt. So um, I can see Tex- I can see it being a low scoring game. But what I cannot see is how Ralph Webb at 4400 isn't an obvious play anyway, because mm-hmm. the Texas A&M run defense isn't that good, right. and Ralph Webb has produced against defenses far better already. And he gets so many carries. It doesn't matter who he's playing against. 4400, dude. Anyway, I'm picking him. I'm picking Ralph
2: Webb. Do you like? I want to ask you about three guys, and then we'll we'll wrap it up. Uh, Nelson Spruce, six thousand against uh, Washington State, and then. Uh, space Dabs and Jalen Hurd against Missouri.
3: I'm I don't like that matchup for Tennessee. Missouri's going to be all hyped because of you know Gary Pinkles' ordeals and uh, understandably so they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna play their brains out, just going crazy intense on Tennessee. And they're pretty good defense to begin with. They're a very good defense to begin with. Um, th- the issue with Colorado and Nelson Spruce is that uh, Safal Lufau is out. And uh, I guess Cade Apse is the new fella, and I don't know who that is. And he did, he did, he did admirably, uh, to be fair, against South South Calif- Southern California USC. Uh, he completed eighteen of twenty three passes for one hundred and twenty eight yards and two touchdowns. Obviously, a lot of dink and dunk going on there. And unlike Leofau, he does not appear capable of running. So uh, that's the reason Spruce is that low. And I actually don't even really like him at that price. Uh, as as far as the other receivers. Uh, like I said, Fred Ross is is alongside Ralph Webb. Is my Are you serious? What is happening? You have to play him. Play. Um, even though I hate uh, what the what the SMU offense in general has looked like, Cortland Sutton at fifty four hundred is in play for me. He's been a dud the last two weeks against two tough defenses, but Sutton is really good, dude. He's he's like he looks like an NFL first round pick to me. He looks like a Terrell Owens kind of build, not necessarily that fast, but he's beasting when he gets a chance to catch a ball. Um, yeah, that's the only question. Will Matt Davis get it to him? But fifty four hundred. Tulane's defense is not particularly good, so he's in play for me. Um, otherwise, at receiver, it's kind of tough because I feel like Marcel Adaman might be like an objectively good value at forty four hundred. Uh, he's he's you know a good player. It's just his role is inconsistent. Um, but otherwise, uh, let's see. Actually, Luke Luke Falk. What was his deal? He had the head injury last week. That's something to check a little bit uh later this week just to make hopefully they don't have some kind of like late concussion announcement on him Um, but river craycraft at 4400 like he's had two he had a crap game against arizona state but we know about washington state they throw the ball a ton i think 4400 is a reasonable cash game pursuit there even though he's not going to have a high upside for you um but yeah otherwise arkansas receivers are pretty cheap i mean drew morgan's 4200 he had huge games before the dud against lsu dominique reed had a big game last week don't know what to make of them exactly uh have not seen most of those guys but they're producing dominique reed drew morgan so that's something to think about if, if you have faith in brandon allen in this one
2: all right i think that's gonna do it for us uh i think it'll just be mario and i next week as well with the the holiday uh coming up there but uh then john will be back the the week after that presumably uh you can find me on Twitter at RealJRAnderson. And uh, if you want to get a free 10-day subscription to the website and check out Mario's rankings and a lot of great college football content, you can do that at rotowire.com slash pod. And then, Mario, where can they find you on Twitter? Um, NFL draft underscore RW. All right, great. We'll be back with you next week.